from his position among his peers and his society and his family? Why would he risk everything in terms of livelihood? Why would he endure things like uh, when he was... You know, he's being a missionary. He's going and telling people about grace. You would think they'd get a good response, but instead he's beaten with stones at Lystra and at Derby, not that far really, from uh, Colossae. Why would somebody do that? And so he first starts with that. Here's the why. And as he talks about the why, he then gets into uh, something called the mystery. Paul writes a lot about the mystery. Now, uh, some uh, branches of Christianity really embrace mystery. Uh, Russian Orthodox, they like to use the word mystery a lot. And whenever there's something they can't figure out, they just shrug and go, it's a mystery. In churches of Christ, we like to have every little answer pinned down, and even if we don't know the answer, we're still going to give you one. Okay? I, you, you, you go to preacher training school to find out how to say what you know, and then you spend the first two years of ministry learning to say, I don't know. Okay, that's, that's the first two years. If you're smart, you learn real quick, say, I have no idea. And, and eventually you come around to, it's a mystery. Well, Paul was comfortable with mystery. He had to be. Scripture is absolutely packed full of things we don't know and don't understand. If you've ever read the book of Ezekiel, Okay. Hundreds of years have passed. Millennia have passed. And if you think you've gotten it all figured out, what in the world he's talking about with that wheel in the middle of the wheel, you got something more than the rest of us do. Because it's weird. Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel is a mystery. And, and God wanted it to be that way. Okay? God actually did that on purpose. From the very beginning, he actually planned for you to be here this morning. From the beginning, He planned for you to be in Christ. From the beginning. Jesus wasn't a Hail Mary. Hail Mary that's kind of funny, isn't it? If we were Catholic, that'd be funnier. You'd have laughed. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But the, it, that's kind of funny. He was not a Hail Mary pass. And, but He was plan A. From the very beginning. Before time, God planned to send His Son to redeem us. Before we made mistakes, God said, I'm going to fix that. And we, we make mistakes, spend a year trying to figure out that it was a mistake and six years trying to fix it. He had it fixed before we even started making mistakes. That alone is incredible. But that was kept itself a mystery. People knew there was a Messiah coming. They weren't sure what, who He was going to be, what He was going to look like, or what He was going to do. And those who thought they had it nailed down because they'd been to school and said, I know, I know, I know, didn't have a clue because He showed up and those were the ones whose minds were blown the most. In fact, some of them were so married to their I knows they couldn't figure out that they didn't know. We call them Pharisees, Sadducees, and teachers of the law. But that's, that's what happened. And it still happens, doesn't it? There's still mystery. So Paul then goes in this idea of, you know, there was a mystery God was working on. And he says, he called me to proclaim this, this mystery. And then he talks about what it is. And we're going to look at that this morning. And then we've got a couple of mysteries of our own that we're going to look at here in just a minute. And I'm going to need some volunteers, so don't any of y'all be sneaking out for the bathroom too much if you need to come up and volunteer. So, verse 24, let's read the text first, and then we'll get into it. Now I rejoice... And what I'm suffering for you. Now, that already sounds weird, right? I'm happy that I'm being put out because of all of you people. Who gets up and says that? Paul said that. He said, I, am, I will happily take stones 
if that saves you. That's what he's getting at. He says, I'm happy. I'm, 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 I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. And let me just say that phrase is actually to me still often a mystery. I kind of have my head halfway around it. But I'm still not sure entirely what he's saying. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become its servant, the church's servant, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. And I just realized I had that up there just in case you didn't have one. I'm going to go through verse 26. He says, God gave me this, this commission to present to you the word of God in its fullness. He says, this is what I'm here for. He said, I don't mind what I have to put up with as long as I get to proclaim to you what is the word of God in all that that means and all that that brings with it. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. And you can imagine this, these people in that first church gathered around the Lord's supper table, reading this letter the first time, going, ooh, I wonder what he's going to talk about. What is this mystery that Paul is talking about? And we've, we've read the end. We know what he's talking about. The mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to God's people. What is that mystery? Look at verse 27. To them, to the church, to the people who have responded to Christ by faith, been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him in a new life, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Well, he still didn't tell them what it was, did he? He still says, you know what? It's a great mystery. And you know what? It's you. He says to them, but he's really saying to you, to you, God's made this thing where actually you get to go out and proclaim to the Gentiles. What are we going to go proclaim? What's it going to be? What are we going to tell them? What are we going to go out into the world? When he says Gentiles, that's kind of what he's saying. We more often now say the world because we are Gentiles, right? So most of us. And so we say, what's he talking about when he says this? And he says, verse 27, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That it's actually the fact that Jesus can live within you. And what does that mean? That Jesus lives within you. We're told that when we believe in Him in faith, that when we confess Him as our Lord and as our Savior, when we turn our back on just living like the rest of the world, and when we follow Him into the water, are buried with Him and raised with Him, we receive His Holy Spirit as a guarantee we're told all those things. And that Christ lives within us. And not just right in here in me or in you, but lives in us as a living, breathing body of Christ in early Texas. That Christ lives in us. You think about that for a second. I'm not going to break it down for you. I'm going to make you do your own head work and heart work. What does that mean? That Jesus lives within you. What are, the, what are the, the ripple effects that has out into your way of thinking and way of doing as a person, as a family, and us together as a church? That Jesus is alive in us. Should that be obvious? Should that make a difference? Should it change the way that we treat each other? Should it change the purposes and the goals and the reasons we do the things we do? Does it give a deeper meaning and purpose to what we do? 
You thought I was going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to do it. Mystery. It's a mystery. No, it's not. That one's easy, but I'm not going to put you to the test right now. He says a little bit more. I want to stop right here. I'm going to keep you on your toes this morning. I'm going to stop right here. I need five volunteers uh, who will come up here for a second and go through a little exercise with us. Five volunteers. And I can wait you out. <laughs> no, no, there's no physical. This is not the yoga thing I was talking about earlier. You do not listen. The Lord knew better and never had me do that right here. Five, five adult volunteers who will come up. It's like LTC. Here's the thing. I have no durian candy with me this morning. You do not have to worry about that. I, have, I did have kids come up one time and eat durian candy. If you don't know what that is, you know why you wouldn't walk up here. I need three more. Two more. Two more. One more. All right. You all kind of just kind of stand all over here and line up there. That'll work. Thank you very much for coming up. Now, here's what we're going to... Lose my glasses. Here's what we're going to do. Let me get some stuff. Anybody ever remember the old game show called The Liars Club? We're not doing that because this is church. You ain't going to be lying. Don't you do it. But there was an old show where they would get actors, and it's older than me, so some of you, you are lying by saying you don't remember this. Unless maybe you've already forgotten the what, 60s, 70s. But there was this show where they would bring out some object, and they had to give the, their best interpretation of what this object really is. Now, on the game show, two of them were making stuff up. It's kind of like the, the board game Balderdash with definitions of words, if you've ever played that. Uh, and then one would be telling the truth, and the, the contestant had to figure out who's telling the truth. We're not going to do that part. Instead, I just want each of you to give the best guess of what you think these different things are. Let me find what do we want to do. What's first? I actually put pictures up there so the, the audience would know what we were looking at. Up close and good. Okay, so this first one, I'm going to let you look at that. And this one is probably the easiest one. Okay, that you might have an idea what that would be. I'll give you a hint. It was made in China. Yeah, I figured out already. (laughs) It's some kind of a a, something that injects or removes. I don't know which. Many flashlights. Okay, we had some that are that are close. What this is is a plunger. It is it, it's a, a screw type plunger for a pen. It goes in this pen, and you put it in there, and then it has this little screw thing, and it helps you suck ink out of a. I didn't put that together very well. Suck ink so that you can then write, and it, it creates a vacuum of pressure so that the ink flows back up in there. So that's good. That's close, close, close. Let's see. Which one is next here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's check this one out. I'll give you this. And the first thing, I I will give you one hint. It is not a crown, so you can jump past that. There you go. What do you think? Okay, base for a candle or a Bunsen burner? It kind of does now that you mention it. He said it looked like something that goes in the sink, you know. No clue? Base for a lamp? Well, that's going to say base for a lamp. Base for a lamp. Okay, let me show you. This one I have to get out. Let's see here. This is a Russian samovar. Not made in China. This was made in the old USSR. 
And this goes right on top of that. See, it's a mystery. And this has inside, y'all can see this, I'm sure, a heating element. And the next thing we're going to guess about, actually, uh, it has a heating element. And then you heat your water up here. And this is to hold a teapot. And you had to have this in order to keep your tea warm. And this was concentrated tea and you got hot water here. And this is like the symbol of hospitality in, in Russia. So that's what that is. If y'all, had, if y'all had, learned, had known that one right off the bat, I'd have been stumped myself. Isn't it? It's also, t- it's also 220. I can't even use the thing here, but I brought it back anyway. Russia. Russia. This, this came straight, straight from the center of the Soviet Union. This one, you might know. What is that? I don't know if I know the name. <laughs> Baby rattle. It is shiny. It was made in China, too. That's true. He's thinking Salvation Army at Christmas time. I think. <laughs> this one, the rattle will throw you off. I knew it would throw you off. I mentioned that to Tanya last night. The rattle is just because, well, whatever weight inside there is, I've used it enough that it broke loose inside, and it just has nothing to do with it whatsoever. But So that's kind of tricky. This, how many of you like to drink espresso? Anybody? A who? Tamper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, when you make espresso, you need to put about 40 pounds of pressure. That's real technical, I know. But you need about 40 pounds of pressure on that coffee so it creates a nice, smooth, uh, concave uh, surface so that it creates more pressure when the water and steam go through the coffee and it extracts more of the bean into your espresso. And this is what makes that really easy to do. And you put about that much pressure on there and then it makes this nice surface that when you make espresso... You can do that. And it actually does make a difference. And so that's, that's what that is. Now, the, uh, Steve, what, y'all go ahead and stay up here for just a second, except Steve, he's called out. Uh, the reason I, I wanted to share these particular things with you, each of these has a purpose. Without these things, not, the other things don't function quite the way they're supposed to. The pen doesn't work at all. But you don't really look all that, unless, when I was a kid, I was always taking my pens apart. And still, if I'm in a, a meeting where all I'm doing is listening, I'm probably going to take my pen apart. I still do that. Uh, but, you know, you don't always take those things apart. But it has a function, and without it, the pen doesn't write. Okay? And, it, and it, it works really well as long as that's there, but without it, it doesn't work. Same thing with this. You can make espresso without it, but it makes a difference in the flavor of the espresso, whether or not you've done that. It's all just part of the methodology of making that. Same thing with the tea and everything else. You need that to be there. But some of these things are kind of hidden and and not that important. And this by itself, you know, if you just saw it, it it almost looks like a Model A wheel hub. I mean, there's just there's not there's not anything to this by itself, but it's important. Paul says, it was my job appointed to me by God to proclaim to you the Word of God in all its fullness. But there was a purpose even to that so that the world would know that Christ in you is the hope of glory. That Jesus being alive in His church is what the world really needs to come to know the glory of God, the hope of eternal life, and freedom from sin. And we might look at ourselves and say, well, I'm just this. I don't, I don't know that I'm really anything all that important. I'm just a 
whatever that thing is. You know, I don't know where that fits in. I think we've all been there at some point or another. Where do I fit in in all of this? And sometimes we see the finished product and we say, oh, well, now I want to be that. And God may need us to be just this. But this is extremely important to get that. And the other parts of this are extremely important. And that's part of the mystery of God is that everyone here with Christ in them is a part and an important part if God wants to accomplish what He needs to accomplish in the world for people to know salvation and His glory. And there's one more mystery for this, uh, for this morning that I have you guys up here for. And actually, it's a mystery too to somebody else I'm going to call up here. Let me see. Alan and Bill. Y'all will come up. Are there any other elders here this morning? I know that some are traveling. Yeah. So Alan and Bill, if y'all will come up. I didn't tell them either. <laughs> it's a mystery. So for the last few days, uh, I've been, been praying about this. I had no idea who would come up here. That's why I asked for volunteers. I refused. That's why I refused to pick you out and just waited you out until people came out here. I, I have no idea why these guys are here except for this. Uh, God still puts a lot of mystery into our life. Some of that mystery can be, what does God want to do with me in my life that actually brings Him glory and lets the world know about Him? You ever had those questions before about that yourself? You know, where does God want me to go? Life changes, sometimes dramatically, both when we're younger and when we're older and everywhere in between. There are always drastic changes that happen. And actually, looking at the four of you, all of you have had some pretty big changes even just in the last couple of years, haven't you? All of you. That's interesting. See, if I'd have picked them, I might have picked for that reason, but I didn't pick them. I've been praying for the last few days that God would just bring up the people that we would pray for. What we're going to do, you didn't know this, but you responded to the invitation and you didn't even know it. How tricky is that? Huh? Huh? You didn't even know it. We're going to start doing the invitation that way all the time. No. <laughs> but, but really and truly, what I've been praying for is that God would bring people up here who, who we could pray for, that God will help you to know how does He accomplish this in your life? How is He going to express to the people that you deal with on a daily basis the mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. How will they see God's glory in your life? How will they see Jesus? I've asked Alan and Bill to come up here so that they can wrap their arms around you. And that's perfectly even numbers too. So y'all can just get right between a couple of them as we pray over them. And of course, we have no idea we don't know the answers, do we? How many of us would say we know what God has planned for these four brothers? None of us. We don't know. It's a what? It's a mystery, right? It's a mystery. We do know the core of the answer is that Jesus is going to be in them. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We don't know exactly what that will be. We don't know how that will turn out. We don't know when. But we do know that, right? So we're going to pray for them. And, and pray that God works through you, that people see in you Christ, the hope of glory. Let's pray together. Father, we are, are grateful for each of these men, for their willing hearts to come up here, for their love for you and for your people. And Father, we know that, that you would know better, way better than we do uh, 
what it has been weighing on their hearts and minds as they look to how they can serve you, where they can serve you, and, and what that means day to day. We pray, Father, that you give them wisdom and clarity. We pray that you give them strength for the task and a vision of what you want them to do. And Father, we just pray that you would guide them as they spend time in your word. Help them to, to see in the scriptures uh, the kind of men that you are calling them to be. And Father, we pray that you, you give them uh, the strength, the courage, and uh, the willing hearts to be that. And Father, we pray that you would be with us as a church. We, we want to see all those things in all of us. Father, we also want to encourage these men and we want to commit today to, to be encouragers for them and, and to help them to serve you willingly and well. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate your help. Yeah. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the Word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but now is disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. We each make that same commitment, don't we? We want to see Jesus at work in our community. And Paul says the mystery is this. If that's what you want to see, that's what you've got to be. Jesus at work in your community. And we've prayed for these brothers. And you know what? I fully expect to see it. I really do. I fully expect to see God at work wherever they go whatever it is that He has them to do. And I fully expect to see that in this church, in this body, because that's the mystery of Christ. That's what He's called us to. And it's Him we proclaim, and Him we want to live, and Him we want to see in more people, so that they too one day may stand up here as we pray over them and send them out.